0: Welcome to Dig It. This is Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs, and I'm here with my co-host, The Sharp Edge. How are you doing, Edge? Hey, doing good. Good. So we have been talking with the speaker the last few days, and unfortunately, uh, over in his neck of the woods, Australia is taking a bit of a beating in uh, the internet being down for several days. So unfortunately, he's... uh, (laughs) cheering us on from the sidelines he's not able to be with us today
1: yeah too bad we missed a speaker
0: we miss you bud so yeah he was going to cover some some things that we didn't we didn't necessarily have dissected yet so we'll have to save that for next week we have several topics we want to touch on and we have edges dig on what is it what is it edge the Humpty Dumpty Institute
1: and connections to Epstein
0: yeah so we're going to be doing that Towards the end, after we get through these topics, and we're going to touch on Ed Buck, the Pennsylvania senator who was recently charged, Kevin Spacey's accuser, what's going on in, with McCabe, Kavanaugh, Canada, and the who I would like to refer to as the butcher, the uh, abortion doctor Ulrich Klopper. So I'm going to cover that one. Why don't we start with, you want to start with McCabe? Sure.
1: So federal prosecutors are pushing to charge McCabe. He's the former deputy director of the FBI for false statements to the FBI and inspector general regarding his authorization of a leak to the media back in October 2016. And the DOJ rejected his efforts to appeal future charges, indicating that he will soon be indicted. So McCabe is denying any wrongdoing, although he was fired from the FBI back in March of 2018 after the OIG and FBI Office of Professional Responsibility recommended it. And McCabe has obtained commitments from, well, he originally had a... Obtained commitments from Holder, Brennan, Clapper, Susan Rice, among <laughs> others. <laughs>
0: <The> <laughs> As headless, character the witnesses. <laughs> what and a then, lineup. Well, so,
1: some of those guys withdrew. Off. Yeah, some of those guys withdrew. Holder, Brennan, and Clapper, and Susan Rice, I believe, withdrew. Yeah. So today, uh, sorry, Tuesday, I believe, or Wednesday, uh, McCabe came out and said that he will not be accepting a plea deal under any circumstances if he's indicted, which is interesting. I think he's probably signaling that he's not going to roll over to the higher ups. Hmm.
0: And he will be indicted. I, th- I, think, I think we're starting to see um, a quick snowball effect taking place all over. So it's going to be very interesting to follow.
1: Yeah, I think if I was McCabe or Comey, I would be uh, sweating right now for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Canada, you gotta you got to bring me in the loop on this one because I didn't have time t- to follow that story.
1: Okay, so Canada, the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, it's uh, like the intelligence community of Canada, They've Mm -hmm. charged and arrested the uh, director general. His name is Cameron Otis. Under the Security of Information Act, which is, is, it, it includes... Uh, and covers espionage activity, charged on five counts, three violating the, that act, and two parts were crim- the, violating the Criminal Code of Canada. And the allegations are that he obtained, stored, and possessed sensitive information, which was believed with the intent to communicate that information to people he should not have been communicating to. Mm -hmm. So this has been called one of the biggest national security breaches of the country that they've ever seen. And it suggests that Otis may have tried or succeeded in communicating details about the way the RCMP was going about a criminal investigation. So this goes into a a company out of Canada called Phantom Secure, an, an encrypted comms firm. And they provide encrypted comms or communications for some nefarious people. The CEO of Phantom Secure, Vincent Ramos, had RCMP information in his possession. And this is what led them in their investigation of Vincent Ramos to Otis. So so Otis basically tried to sell sensitive information or classified information to this Vincent Ramos character that was under investigation in multi multiple countries and this gets into five eyes because Otis had access to five eyes information so they're concerned that multiple countries you know the US UK Canada Australia New Zealand are concerned that sensitive information via five eyes has mm-hmm. been sold through this otis character
0: mm-hmm. well that's definitely going to be an interesting one to follow yeah definitely he was canadian law enforcement official that arrested in ottawa for alleged espionage and working with a foreign power so he was heading up the money laundering investigation connected to the Majinski murder yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so I had seen, I can't remember who did it. There were a couple of threads on this talking about these potential interesting ties to Russia and the U.S. And it was like money laundering probe and allegations that millions in defrauded Russian tax dollars exposed by Russian tax lawyer Sergi Majnitsky. Maj- Maj- <laughs> <laughs> were funneled through Canada and so i just thought that was that was interesting that the history there
1: right right and then also some some people in the press were were pushing for answers and the asking the RCMP because trudeau's been very quiet about all of this they have suspicions that Trudeau may be under investigation for his attempt to block an investigation against SNC-Lavalin for, for fraud and for bribery. The RCMP uh, did not confirm or deny that they were investigating uh, Trudeau for pressuring the AG to drop a probe into SNC-Lavalin hmm i think all of it connects
0: it does it definitely does that's why we have eyes on it and then there you know and speaker was gonna talk to talk about the uh australian federal police recently raided the canberra home of intelligence officer cameron gill which neither of us took the time to really dive into that because he was going to cover that so we'll 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 get into that more next week who knows by next week we may have you know another (laughs) another one arrested or raided and we can tie, tie more of this together.
1: It's going to take some time for this to play out. We, we're still oh, in the yeah. early phases of it.
0: Oh, yeah. And then we have, of course, the broken record left hammering again on Kavana- Kavanaugh. You know, there's a lot of big cases coming up with the Supreme Court. And we've already seen them saying, well, we need to add more to the Supreme Court and balance this out. And, of course, they're all terrified because of RGB um, with what her can- pancreatic cancer still there and having issues. And so once again, we have another hit piece against Kavanaugh and I know you, you had more information on that you wanted to speak to. Yeah.
1: So Robin Pogrebin and Katie Kelly from the New York times had put out a, another hit piece. And uh, basically this was a new sexual allegation against Kavanaugh, but here's the deal. So they failed to disclose in their, hit piece that the alleged victim never came forward with this claim and had no memory of it it mm-hmm. was actually su- a supposed witness that came forward and this witness max steyer he is a prominent democrat who has defended bill clinton in the whitewater investigation on which kavanaugh served. He's represented Clinton on a sexual assault charge. He's an Obama donor. His wife is an Obama-appointed judge. So the New York Times not only failed to disclose that the alleged victim had no memory and never made this claim, but they also failed to characterize the only witness as being bipartisan. So... Yeah, they've they've come out uh, since they've this has been exposed, and they're playing like they're victims, like they're being attacked, like it was all an accident. You know, we just accidentally
0: edited this out. Right, that's that's their game. They come out with a picture or information, and it goes totally viral. And within twelve to twenty four hours, they'll go in and make some minor little apology or update. Maybe rarely we'll see a retraction, but it's relevant because it's already gone viral. And what we see happen is is literally the, the, the Democrats, politicians will stand up there and repeat these stories over and over, even though it's already been retracted. So they're the right. ones fueling the lie to continue. Right. It's a game they play. It's, it's a tactic they use. I'm not going to say it works well because it always ends up biting them in the ass in the end, but for a duration, it confuses people. We'll put it like that. Right. Well, Harold Finch, who got booted from Twitter and he posts over in Telegram in the library and he had done a really good thread on this and mentioned three really important cases coming up that he suspects they're trying to get a hold on, get control of because which, because they 're going to ultimately lose, and it has to do with DAca, gun control, and oh, and then the citizenship question being added to the census it's a really good dig. Uh, Tracy beans actually tweeted it for him, did the thread from his his report, so if anyone wants to read that in depth, it was done well. check it yes, out yes, so three other pieces that hit this week that I want to just real quickly go over we've got ed buck the huge democrat mega donor who's you know donated and hooked in with the clintons and all kinds of nefarious characters has some very disturbing sexual fetishes and draws in gentlemen well he's an lgbtq plus political activist he has an apartment i believe it's in los angeles isn't it yeah i believe so Okay. There's already been he was just arrested. They're saying that he has a he has a drug done out of his apartment. And there were two prior deaths that took place. Jamel Moore, who was twenty six, and Timothy Dean, who was fifty five, both African American, that had gone to his apartment and overdosed. And they basically ruled it as as an overdose and didn't implicate Ed Buck in potential you know assisting in this overdose or murder and in fact the mother of Moore had filed a wrongful death suit now just recently he was arrested finally not on those two cases however i'm hoping with this recent arrest that that might open those back up to uh reinvestigate and take another look at that because there was a third gentleman I believe he was, I want to say he was 57. I don't have it in front of me, but I do have a short little report here by TMZ. And they said that prosecutors claim Buck is a violent, dangerous sexual predator who preys on men made vulnerable by addiction and homelessness. And so what had happened is on September 4th, he administered allegedly administered a large dose of methamphetamine to a man on September 4th, they're not stating his name, and that he left to get medical attention because he was worried he was suffering from an overdose. And then he returned on September 11th and says that Buck personally and intentionally injected him with two more large doses of the drug. When the guy Began showing signs of an overdose, Buck allegedly thwarted his attempts to get help, but the guy fled and called 911 from a nearby gas station. So he right now is on it's a four million dollar bail, and it charges on methamphetamine. And he was arrested and charged with operating a drug house after yet you know another person OD'd at his apartment. Fortunately, this one survived, and he's facing a max sentence of five years eight months. So, I would like, finally, yeah, I would like to believe. I would hope that this being the third time now, that this hopefully helped with Moore's mother in her case and open this back up to take a look at those two cases because this is, this guy's disgusting. So that is what's going on with Ed Buck. Finally, I doubt
1: Ed Buck's little friends Ted Lou and Adam Schiff will be coming running to as a defense.
0: Right? I don't think so. I think he's on his own now. That's pretty much how these people operate. Then we have Kevin Spacey, whose accuser just died in the midst of this sexual assault lawsuit that's been going on. And um, again, we don't have the name of this individual. He's been able to proceed through the court proceedings as John Doe. And He had filed claims in 2018 with allegations of being forced to grab the actor's genitals twice during a massage two years earlier at a private residence in Malibu. So there's more to this story, but he had gotten it to the point where they were about to go to a seven to 11 day trial. And then all of a sudden the plaintiff's attorney informed Spacey that his client recently passed and they're not saying we don't know how he passed away. That was my first question. Yeah, we don't know. And it's, of course this is suspicious because this just keeps happening over and over again with all of these ah, sick, nefarious characters the accusers or those about to testify they always end up dead i wonder why they're
1: hiding the details of the death because this is highly suspicious
0: well and we don't have we don't have his name either so that might be another reason why they're just keeping it under wraps for now but but yeah regardless it's highly suspicious we have a uh, State Senator Mike Fulmer, he's a Republican senator, who was just charged with child sexual abuse, possession of child pornography, and criminal use of a communication facility after law enforcement found images of child pornography on Fulmer's cell phone when they executed a search warrant at his Lebanon home. Now, I haven't had a minute to go in and see if I can pull up this record or not. I'm really curious to see more details on what it says about charged with sexual abuse of children, because the headlines all say arrested on child porn. To me, the headlines should be, you know, sexual abuse of children. So I don't know what that entails. Um, I haven't seen detailed reports on that yet. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. Yet another one, which leads to the video I just put out a couple days ago. (laughs) I published the video Dissecting Criminal Nests and Webs. And I also did a very short article on it. And it's only a 21-minute video. I, I explain how the nests and the webs operate. I point to areas you can go on my website to see how that's all broken down, if you want to dig into those. And I cover a couple of the Epstein reports I did and a couple other reports just to show people the sort of the power structure, the infrastructure, how these people protect each other and how it all connects, you know, like the churches are connected with child sex trafficking rings. You've got, you've got judges, you've got politicians, law enforcement, teachers, doctors, therapists, you name it. These people I've done report after report showing how these all tie together. So when I see something like this with this Senator, you know, being charged for this, it's, it's not shocking to me. These people go for Positions of power, positions where they're, of course, this is not a position of where they're surrounded by children, such as a teacher or churches or daycares, but it's a position of power. And like I said, they cover for one another. So,
1: Absolutely. So you know that there are sympathizers or people within his web or network working with him, or at least complicit in it.
0: Yeah. So before we get to your dig, let me go over one other disgusting story from a man I like to refer to as the butcher. This just happened, well, we heard about it on the 13th. So Dr. Ulrich Klopfer, if I'm I'm saying that right. he
1: call him the butcher.
0: Yeah, we'll just call him the butcher. So he, he was an abortion doctor who passed away on September 3rd. Then about... A week and a half later, while his family and his wife were going through personal belongings, came across 2,246 fetuses that were medically preserved. And at first, it was like they're in their home, it's in his home, and then it's we don't know where they are, and then the, the mortuary is coming to pick them up, and their attorneys are the ones who called, and you know, they're cooperating, and they didn't know about these, and da da da. So we come to find they're in the garage. Now I've looked at this property, the garage being in Crete, Illinois, which is just over the border of Indiana. He was operating, had previously been operating out of three clinics in Indiana, South Bend, Fort Wayne, and Gary. And he lost his license, though, in 2016, because he had been performing abortions. There, it was a lot of ethical issues and not following regulations. And the, the guide had performed tens of thousands of abortions, like going back to, I can't remember if it was the 80s or the 70s, but it went way back. And he, he loses his
1: license over performing an abortion over a 13 year old or something like that.
0: Yeah, that was that was one of the big reasons. There were like I want to say there were about six different counts there and there he had also performed an abortion on a 10 year old. And I believe it was the 13 year old though was the bigger one because the parents brought her to him to perform the abortion because her uncle had raped her. And he had you know in a legal profession he had 3 days to report this and he did not nor did the parents so that was one of the big ones that got him in in the hot seat and there were other issues as well and so he had lost his license in 2016 but that that all kind of went down in 2015 so his home though is in Crete Illinois and the remains are the remain, well the fetuses that he had medically preserved were in the garage and I looked at this property, the garage. It's like a two-car garage that's attached to the house. They said that the attorneys described this as floor to ceiling, floor to ceiling. Mm-hmm. You so could barely totally walk through there. And what's concerning to me is the wife. Okay, all I've seen in reports that they even mention about the wife is that she found them. She didn't know why they were there. She didn't know that they were there. She never goes in the garage. Okay. Never goes in the garage. Yeah, really? never goes in the garage. It's an attached garage to the house. They have a driveway, you know, a, a, a decent length driveway. They actually own the parcel next to it. So it's like a two parcel lot, decent sized lot. And so I look into. I looked into a few things. First, I wanted to know, because he had a... um it was like, I forget what it's called now off the top of my head, but it was a real estate holdings company. So I wanted to look into that. And I started running through all the different counties to see what real estate he owned. And the first red flag was the clinic in Gary, which was called Friendship Family Planning Clinic. So see, news reports keep talking about these other clinics, but this is the one that had my attention because that was a DBA name that he gave it for the clinic. And you can actually see in, in the satellite images that like half the the sign on that building is still there where you can see the word, um, the beginning of the word friendship or family. And he had purchased a, a building right next door to it back in 1999. But that clinic, I don't believe that clinic opened until 2000 or 2002. But then he also purchased a Building that appears to be like a three-car storage garage right mm-hmm. behind the clinic, and and those are still registered in his names. So I looked at the tax assessor's office; they're still registered in his name. So I want to know if they've raided those. They need to get a warrant and raid those. Gary, Gary, Indiana is it's a very sketchy area. I'll just leave it at that. So so the name though, Friendship Family Planning Clinic, was under the name J W Goeth Inc. Now, I'm not going to get into this. I did do a Twitter thread on this, if anyone wants to come in and check it out. And I have links in here. But this is a, a man from the 171800s, J.W. Goethe, that this man's idolizing and named this after. And it's very disturbing. It's, he was a scientist and writer. And it gets into, you can just tell when you read through it, it's like Nazism and talks about selling your soul to the devil and some incestuous stuff. And so it's, it's a bit disturbing to think this is what he, you know, called his company after this man. I then looked into the wife because I'm thinking who can live with this man for, I mean, they had that house for over a couple decades. How could you not ever go in this garage? And, you know, and perhaps maybe he did those after he lost his license. I don't know if he did them out of his home. Maybe he did them out of the building next to the clinic and then he brought them home. I don't know. But how do you not know? So his wife is a registered nurse Mm -hmm. and she's 19 years younger than him. She's 60. He passed, uh, I believe he was 79 and she's licensed in Indiana, Illinois, and Florida, all of which are still active. Now he used to be licensed way back in the eighties. He was licensed in Florida, even though he had a Chicago address, he's not showing any addresses for Florida nor is she. And then he got a license in Illinois, and then that eventually expired. And then he had the license in Indiana until it was suspended in 2016. So she still has them in the same three states that he did. And you're telling me she didn't know he was bringing these fetuses into their garage? I just find that hard to believe. And one of the news stations was talking in front of their house there. He was talking with the criminal defense attorney out of Chicago, who used to be his former police officer. So he's representing her and he said that he's the one who talked with her estate attorneys and said, look, you got to call the mortuary and you got to, you got to have them come out here. So I think it's smart that she got a criminal defense attorney and I'll just leave that at that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <that's laughs> I'm, I'm really
1: curious though, because this, this. Yeah, was she an accomplice?
0: Yeah. And this license that she got in uh, Florida was in 2010, which is quite a magical year for Florida. So. I just find it all very suspicious and I'm going to keep my eyes on it. And I, I may dig a little deeper. I'm working on a huge, huge, huge project right now. And I'm, I'm trying to um still get some other information out while I'm working on, on this beast of a project, but.
1: Yeah. So do you want to talk about your huge project you're working on?
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's going to be 24 chapters. I can tell you that I've already, I've already structured it. I have the entire timeline done. I'm almost done with the first chapter. I need to get a handful of chapters done. And what I'll probably do is roll like one out every three days because it's just, it's going to be over 150 pages. It's huge, but I want everyone to be able I want this information out. So I'm putting it all out for free and I'm going to do it in chapter format to give myself, you know, time to get it done. And then, what I'll do is when I complete it, I'll PDF it and I'll throw it in the bookshop so that you know, anyone who wants to download it, they can download it from there. That is what I'm working on. It's a giant worldwide slush fund with a million clowns that everyone knows. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your Humpty Dumpty dig. Okay. Before I
1: do that, I want to talk just real quickly about these impeachment hearings, these fake oh, yeah, yeah. impeachment hearings. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so ridiculous. I'm not (laughs) talking
0: about myself. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Corey Lewandowski owned them in these fake impeachment hearings. And the reason why we say it's fake is because everybody knows that the House, in order to have a real impeachment hearing, there's one of two ways. They have to bring a resolution of impeachment to the House for a simple majority vote, and then it goes to the Judiciary Committee, or they have to bring a resolution of inquiry to a vote on the floor for a simple majority vote and then it goes to the judiciary committee neither of which were done so this hearing they're just defying all precedent and all rules of the house judiciary by doing this because they know they don't have the vote they know they don't it's basically just a a show uh, because they know the media is compliant, so the media is going to perpetuate this this fake impeachment hearing and, and not let the public know that it's not real, because they don't have the votes for it to be a real impeachment hearing or inquiry.
0: And it's comical, because they're getting utterly obl- obliterated.
1: Absolutely. Oh. They look so ridiculous mm-hmm. doing this, so... Uh, yeah, Corey Lewandowski really did hold his own and they just, I, this is going to once again blow up in their faces because all they're try- really trying to do, in my opinion, is drag this kind of stuff out through the 2020 election. They're trying to defame Trump as much as possible. That's all this is about is just to really tr- try to drum up more support for their base.
0: And, and it's going to backfire. Yep,
1: it is because these people are going to get their hopes up about some sort of impeachment when the probability is slim to none because they simply don't even have the votes for it to to pass in the house so it's right. dead on arrival so yeah. there it's a
0: it's <laughs> good just, way to put
1: it. just a show people enjoy the show right so moving on to this humpty dumpty dig i did it's um on my twitter i'll uh, do a link
0: and on your hive mind. Yes. I-
1: yes. And I actually might do a video breaking it down and maybe put that out next week or something. So,
0: and just um, so everyone knows, even though the links are below, hive mind is the eyes are spelled with the number 1. So when you go to search hivemind.com, you got to flip the eyes to ones.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to um, go in too much detail here. You can read it, and then I may be sometime soon be putting out a, a more extensive video on it. But the Humpty Dumpty Institute basically is a nonprofit organization that works really closely with the UN, the US Congress, and the US State Department. And what caught my eye is that Mark Epstein sits on the board of directors. And I was actually digging into Mark Epstein, and so this is why I went in this direction. And I'm wondering, considering what the UN's agenda is, you know, what their interest is in having Mark Epstein on this this board of directors at Humpty Dumpty Institute. So I did some digging into a Humpty Dumpty Institute. They seem to be doing humanitarian efforts in Asia, Middle East, Haiti. They do ha- focus on, on children, although it's not exclusive to humanitarian efforts for children. But if you look on the board of directors, there's some characters that you probably never even heard of. But if you dig into them, they each have, not each of them, but a few of them have connections. For example, this guy, Walter Simon, he runs a company called Skylink. And Skylink is a subcontractor for DynCorp. And DynCorp has a history uh, mm. of child trafficking, including one instance where um, it was reported through WikiLeaks that Hillary tried to cover it up. Right. So, and then DynCorp, um, Anons had discovered that there was a, a, a helicopter that uh, was part of Epstein's fleet that was coming in, going out of Zora Ranch that had the same tail number as a plane that was registered under the State Department, through DynCorp. That's very curious. There's that connection. Then we've got some other board members who are connected to Epstein. For example, this woman, Jennifer Diamond, she is on the board of directors. Her husband uh, was the CEO of Barclays. And he got busted for this LIBOR rigging scandal at Barclays. And he was asked to step down. Makes me wonder if Epstein was connected to that because we know in the past Epstein was also connected to some other Ponzi schemes. And, but the, the person who was put in Bob Diamond's place was a, an Epstein puppet, Jess Staley, because it was reported that Epstein was the person who put this new CEO into Barclays. And uh, this guy, Jess Staley, is also in, in Epstein's Little Black Book. So there's all kinds of connections like that if you go through the board of directors, and I'm not going to list them all here, and you start wondering what this UN-backed nonprofit is really about. Then you take a look at the Congressional Advisory Board, and it's got... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listen to this lineup. We've got Adam Schiff, Sheila Jackson Lee, Al Green, and Maxine Waters.
0: Yeah, baby.
1: And Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Good God. Yeah, an all star. That's
0: us all right there. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and then we had um, back in 2011, they had Global Creative Forum participants, and they had President Bill Clinton, who then was UN Special Envoy to Haiti, of course. And we have Ban Ki moon, who was the Secretary General of the United Nations. And then we have tons of speakers and panelists, such as Larry King, Charlize Theron, Ed Norton. You know, there's Bunch of people in here, so there's a whole Hollywood side to this Humpty
1: Dumpty Institute that I didn't even get into. That's a whole separate dig on his own because there are a right. bunch of other characters when you go down that rabbit hole. But they they do uh, a lot of work with people in Hollywood. So, so here, here we, we have Institute.
0: another humanitarian program out to save the world in a potential global slush fund, a potential trafficking connections
1: and potential bribery and um, that sort of thing, because we have seven other members on the Congressional Advisory Board of this nonprofit that are linked to the Imran Awan scandal. Mm -hmm. And the Imran Awan scandal is alleged to have been, you know, some sort of bribery scandal where Awan had unauthorized access to congressional data and that information was used To blackmail representatives you know because of the emails and files that he had so uh, I'm wondering if this UN backed organization had anything to do with that so it's curious all the connections
0: oh yeah very interesting
1: if you want more details on that we'll leave a a link in the description below to that thread and look out for a video breaking that down in more detail
0: awesome yeah I think we, I think we pretty much hit on most of the stuff we wanted to talk about. I think so. It's been a busy week, guys. Very busy week, and I think it's we're just going to start seeing. I really believe every week we're going to start seeing just more information come out. Well, I think that's a wrap. All right, so thanks for joining
1: us on Dig It, guys, with Corey Stiggs, our friend the speaker who's usually here but couldn't make it today. And myself, The Sharp Edge. Be sure to check out all the links in the description below. And as always, please share, like, subscribe, and hit that bell. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.
0: Good job.
1: Yay. (laughs) Speaker would be proud.